0: I know the whistleblower has been very inaccurate because when we released the transcript of the conversation that I had with the president of Ukraine, who frankly today was very good somewhere in Ukraine, I guess, gave a news conference on unrelated things, was asked a question and he said, President Trump behaved in a perfectly fine manner. There was nothing wrong in any way, shape or form. This is really unprecedented. Congress has a responsibility to conduct oversight. It's a particularly serious responsibility in the context of an impeachment inquiry. Conlon says
1: he's disappointed that he wasn't allowed to attend this deposition today. Yeah, and I said the same thing. uh, We wish he would have been able to testify too, but we fully understand why the administration made the decision they did. (laughs)
0: Welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. My guest is Ellie Mistal. He's a legal analyst at MSNBC and above the law. He and I are going to dig right into the absurd letter from White House counsel to House Democrats that said the president won't cooperate with the impeachment investigation because it hurts their feelings, because they're subpoena intolerant, maybe because they don't like Adam Schiff. And it's also not fun for the president to tell the truth, et cetera. Ellie is the perfect person to pull apart this preposterous letter, and I'm even going to get him to dive into an argument he's hinted at on above the law in the past, that Congress needs some muscle, some law enforcement with handcuffs and power in meat space. You hear what I'm talking about? To bring these contemptuous defiers of subpoenas to heel, like to put them in jail. You'll see. Welcome, Ellie.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's an opportune time to see you because we have this just preposterous, galling, possibly ignorable letter from White House counsel Pat Chip alone. I may be getting that wrong. He served notice to House Democrats, so that's the what is three chairmen and and one Madam Speaker, that the White House will not cooperate with their impeachment inquiry. And the level of snideness, the error grammatical or sort of errors at the level of diction, the style of this thing, there's like there's some Trumpisms in there. It looks like one of those screwy executive orders orders that we know Trump so well for. You are a lawyer. You understand things. Is this what what is the legal meaning of this and what is Trump's team such as it is up to?
1: There is no legal meaning to this, right? <laughs> this is this, there is not a single valid legal argument in this entire Letter. It is legal trash. If I didn't know better, I would say that this guy like watched like a marathon of law and order on TNT yeah. to get some law sounding words yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like uh, sharpie them into what was clearly a political press statement. Um, That he wanted to get out to the media and from a press statement, it's kind of doing its work. Like we're talking about it as we talked about on the news all last night. I mean, people are treating this like it's a legitimate document. Yeah, but there's no law in here. I want to just read one bit. It's just the the first because after because, you know, in, in in a legitimate legal document, you still might have a preamble of political rhetoric before yeah. you get to the actual law. Yeah. Once you get to the actual law, you start using Roman numerals to okay. like really like, yes. all right, we're serious now, yes. right? Yes. Roman numeral one from this letter. You're quote-unquote inquiry is constitutionally invalid and violates basic due process rights and separation of powers. Okay. Nothing in that sentence is true, right? There's no reason for inquiry to be in quotes. It is an inquiry, right? Yep. Constitutionally invalid is just, I don't know how to put it. It's not a legal term of art. Like, some people use legal terms of arts a lot of time. Like, I will often say of the Supreme Court, they wrongly decided something. That's yeah. a legal term of art. That's not me. That's me trying to say, like, I disagree with their opinion. Yes constitutionally invalid is just it's
0: just not a thing yeah that's just yeah. not how
1: lawyers talk it's like you would,
0: categorically deny it's right? one it's of those just, things that implies the opposite in a weird way because it's excessively firm I mean, why don't they just say right. literally invalid
1: you know <laughs> no. um, so that's not that's not a legal right. thing violates basic due process rights which yeah. rights are you talking about lawyer yeah there's a fourth amendment there's a fifth amendment there's a sixth amendment there's a 14th amendment which one are you talking? you're not talking about any of them because this has nothing to do with quote unquote basic due process rights. Yeah. This is not a procedural due process issue. You know why it's not a procedural due process issue? Because there's not a trial yet. Yes. Due process happens once you have a trial. This is an inquiry. You don't get due process rights for an investigation. If you did, can you imagine? And one of the things I like to do to people who don't understand how completely insane the Trump legal arguments are, yeah. just every time you hear a Trump, a Trump legal argument, imagine a black drug dealer Mm -hmm. making the same one. Mm, right. And if and, and if you can see how ridiculous we would react yeah. to a black drug dealer saying that the investigation into him yeah. is constitutionally invalid because he does not have the right to, quote unquote, cross examine the witnesses against him in the investigation. Process. So what he's supposed to go, the, this drug dealer is supposed to go down to the precinct, shadow the cop around yeah. the detective around while he's conducting his investigation with his like arms crossed. Waiting to see what the witnesses say about him. right That's that's due process? No, my friend, that is not how it works, right?
0: Okay, now I, I'm further picturing this. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. It's in night court or possibly right. in like Judge Wapner if that's on Judge Judy. and it's someone saying like, this is a, like right. violating everything in the Constitution. I need to be able to shout things out of. can you
1: imagine Avon Barksdale being like, I need <laughs> I need to see the evidence you have against me, cop, like that's 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 not how it works.
0: but. I was wrong, though. Even if it were in court, it would be in court, and then he would have due process. It is amazing that the second paragraph where he's supposed to have counsel present, get discovery, get cross-examined witnesses, call witnesses, and all those rights have been done, denied the president and many other basic rights guaranteed to all Americans. I mean— Is this just a wall of words? I mean, since we know so well, you've conducted your proceedings in secret, also um, perfectly allowed in an investigation that involves national security issues. How do you get yet another... Chip alone, person to be valet like Barr, like Giuliani. How does a lawyer put his whole career on the line to say things like the president's being denied due process during an investigation because he can't do cross-examination? I mean, I don't know anything about the law, but I just would feel like like it just seems like he's torching the rest of his career and credibility.
1: I don't know where Trump finds these people willing to debase themselves. I really don't. But what I do know... First of all, it's Jones Day, but uh, <laughs> but what I do know is that one of the reasons why it keeps happening is because when these people wash out of the system mm-hmm. there's never any punishment right you you look at Don McGahn, his former White House yes. counsel, who was in some ways better than this guy mm-hmm. than than Pat because Don McGahn wouldn't write this like this this is the kind of legal Cockamamie stuff that Trump won at McGann. Right, the McGann win- McGahn had enough like self regard. Um, to refuse to write this kind of stuff, but he did many horrible things in service of the president, and he has received no punishment. He is at his law firm at Jones Day, yep. making millions of dollars again. Right, Jeff Sessions, no punishment. Um, Matthew Whitaker, remember the 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 uh, coal splaying yes. attorney general. Yep. Um, where, where's his punishment? Right. Yep. Um, the only person who has been punished is Michael Cohen, and Michael Cohen was only punished because he actually lied in front of Congress. Right. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: in terms of just like making and be- admitted it. Uh, yeah. and, and in terms of making bad legal arguments, um, and embarrassing yourself, none of these people get punished. And it's Mm -hmm. not not just the lawyers, right? Mm -hmm. Sean Spicer is dancing with the stars. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a Fox News contributor right Mm -hmm. now. Like, nothing ever happens to Trump people for doing this. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't they just keep doing this?
0: At Above the Law, you're tasked with and seem to take relish in keeping these guys as honest as possible, or at least surfacing at these big law firms, some of the malfeasance. Kirkland and Ellis and Jones Day remind me of what these places are again.
1: Okay, so Kirkland and Ellis is actually a respectable law firm, right? Okay. So I'll go on on them a little bit later. Um, Jones Day. So Jones Day has been basically the legal farm team for the Trump administration. It's where McGann comes from, and McGann has brought along a lot of his kind of cronies and partners. It is where I think that something like 17 Jones Day lawyers have either had positions in the Trump administration or been nominated to judgeships by the Trump administration. Um, So it's a very kind of uh, clicky uh, group. Uh, Lots of
0: black people, I'm sure, (laughs) and lots of women.
1: being sued right now for some really uh, uh, troubling um, sexual harassment and hostile work environment allegations, refusing to pay women partners as much as men, random comments. There's one allegation where a associate of color uh, claims that Jones Day doctored her picture Mm. on their website to make her look darker. So that they could be like, oh, and wh- widened her nose and made her look darker, um, f- with Photoshop. So they'd be like, see, we got a black one. Wow. leave us alone. Like, wow. the, the thing about Jones Day and their and their fealty to Trump that people need to understand is that this is totally on brand for Jones Day. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of, these are the kind of bad lawyers and bad legal arguments that they are, that they are all about. This is a firm that got their start as a big tobacco law firm, mm-hmm. right? Oh, got it. So the concept of scruples in terms of client representation is not something that is natural to Jones Day to begin with. Yeah. Trump has just come along and and kind of made everything click and work for them. Yeah. It's a little bit more surprising with Kirkland Ellis um, because Kirkland Ellis is like legitimately respectful. It's a legitimately kind of large corporate firm Mm -hmm. that has lots and lots of clients. And I think one of the things you see there is that's kind of hitting a different aspect of elite legal culture in general, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When I look at a Kirkland Ellis lawyer willing to do this embarrassing uh, work for Trump, I think about all of the Yale professors who were willing to stand up for Brett Kavanaugh.
0: Right. Yeah, Right.
1: And all of the Harvard professors who were willing to let Kavanaugh teach at the university. Mm-hmm. I think of the Alan Dershowitz of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. There is an elite legal culture in this country that I have covered for 11 years now. Yeah. Um, and have been a part of in my former life. I was an associate at Debevoise and Plimpton and you know, oh, went yeah. to Harvard Law School. So, you know, I, I know these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an elite culture in this country that basically acts like it's all a game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that, that basically acts like all of this is some kind of like high level, you know, tic-tac-toe contest Mm -hmm. where nobody's ever going to win. It's going to be a stalemate anyway. And so the best thing you can do is make as much money as you can Mm -hmm. while playing out the stalemate. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's, I've had, I've had discussions with other lawyers. Like it's a question of at what point do we blame the lawyers for the clients they take? Yeah. Right. And I say that as a person who thinks that generally you shouldn't because there are some of the best legal work that some of the most noble legal work that we have in this country involves really uh, good and powerful attorneys taking on terrible clients drug dealers and criminals and rapists um, taking on making sure that the lowest of the low have the best defense possible is an important part to our criminal justice system.
0: I think, you know, I think we've talked actually on this show before about how, you know, the lefty hero of my youth anyway was um, was a kind of Clarence Darrow figure that took on um, despised, you know, little guys who couldn't speak for themselves um, and uh, made their case against, uh, you know, Overturned the bigoted lower courts in the high, in in higher courts, cross examined, kind of just dug in people like William Jennings Bryan, I'm thinking of the Scopes trial. Um, that's how we know that the process that the, the system works, right? That's how we know the system works. But this is so different. Trump is not the little guy. He, Trump is not Trump, the little guy. Trump is
1: the overdog, the overlord, and these people are being are are willing to work for him not because he is in desperate need of the best possible legal defense, Mm. but instead because he is in desperate need of lawyers willing to make terrible arguments on his behalf. There's a woman at the Department of Justice who stood up in court and argued that toothbrushes and toothpaste weren't necessary hygiene uh, materials for children. They're willing to make these arguments. Noah Francisco, the Solicitor General of the United States, routinely goes up in front of the Supreme Court and makes bad legal arguments that he must know do not hold water that mm-hmm. he must know are embarrassing and wrong and he makes them anyway mm-hmm. and this is this is different than defending defending a terrorist who is probably a horrible person needs to be in jail for the rest of their life, but defending them on the sound whatever sound legal grounds you can come up with. Mm-hmm. This is defending a uh, an overdog in Trump who does not want the best legal defense. He wants he wants the Trump legal defense. He wants the he wants the Trumpisms in his you know five page letter, arguing that an impeachment inquiry is unconstitutional even though every lawyer knows that that is a bad argument
0: right and just flatly wrong he also wants to do pirouettes in here that are clearly aimed at the public and the media and not at any one with any kind of legal mind or training
1: just the conceit right one of those one of those pirouettes is this conceit that he deserves to be able to cross examine the whistleblower right so he's what he's doing right there is merging two concepts that do not belong together mm-hmm. right one is the concept in the law that we have that you have the right to face your accuser mm-hmm. which you do if i accuse you of you know stealing stealing money from my house mm-hmm. you have the right to look me in the eye and say yes no i'm the one who said you stole money from me that is mm-hmm. a that is a feature of our criminal justice system mm-hmm. that happens at trial The whistleblower is part of investigation and he is not claiming personal harm by Donald Trump or Mm -hmm. he or she Mm -hmm. is not claiming or they because there's more of there's more than one are not claiming personal harm by Donald Trump. They're simply saying that they witnessed a crime. Mm -hmm. Now, there is no right in the law to confront witnesses Mm. to your crime. Especially if the only reason why you want to confront them is to intimidate them into not giving testimony against you, right? Whatever right you may have to confront witnesses to your crime happens, once again, at trial, not at the investigatory phase. So at the point where the whistleblower is called upon to testify against Donald Trump in a Senate trial mm-hmm. after he has been impeached by the Congress we can talk about whether or not Trump has you know lawyers able to cross-examine him I think that would be at that point if the witnesses if the whistleblower is being offered as testimony mm-hmm. I think at that point it would be totally appropriate for Donald Trump's attorneys to cross-examine um, those witnesses when they're witnesses at an actual trial which is something that we are Eight steps behind.
0: <laughs> that at this is point. very interesting. The personal, personal harm. The distinction between an accuser and a witness. Um, I hadn't thought of that before. And since we've talked so much about. Um, E.G. and Carol and other sexual allegations against the president, the kind of mix of the best witness is also the victim, um, it, you know, in, in E.G. and Carroll's case. Uh, it, it's confusing that you're meant to have a showdown, you know, face your accuser. And there was a l- real feeling that um, Christine Blasey Ford with Brett Kavanaugh, for example, that they were in a locked battle that, like, kind of reproduced the logic of sexual assault. Mm. Um, but instead, sh- I mean, there's another part part of her that's a witness every bit as much as the whistleblower. That's what she was doing, like Anita Hill, coming forward to blow the whistle on someone she thought, you know, shouldn't be on the court or that we should think twice before confirming to the court. And so that's an extremely important distinction to me anyway. I want to talk about some other fallacies in this letter and also what happens when, and if you've seen it before, what happens when lawyers start writing press releases instead of briefs and legal documents
1: well they get famous usually right i mean like i mentioned him already but the reason why people know who alan dershowitz is mm. is because for most of his career he has written press releases disguised as uh, yeah. legal arguments right, right? like he's yeah. he's he used to be i don't know that he is anymore he used to be very good at both right very good at both playing the public aspect of law yeah. while also being a very effective trial lawyer yeah um i don't know that he can say that about himself anymore. But that's why he's famous right and so Lawyers, you know, when you, especially with lawyers who represent, you know, famous clients, you mm-hmm. know, we could talk about which we could talk about Michael Avenatti, right? Like Michael Avenatti played the press brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for 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 not most, me at all, for, I
0: didn't definitely did not fall for that <laughs> handsome, symmetrical little devil.
1: For most uh, symmetrical little <laughs> devil, for most of the Stormy Daniels time in the spotlight, Michael Avenatti was playing the media kind of correctly. Yeah, lawyers who represent celebrity clients or represent celebrity issues, the good ones do have to know how to play both side there's mm-hmm. the court of public opinion mm-hmm. there's the court of law you've got to be good at both if you're going to represent your client effectively mm-hmm. right so as a person with legal training and you know have having been around this world for a bit unlike some lawyers and some judges who really react like why aren't you talking to why are you on Ari Melbourne? what are you yeah. doing? like i'm not that guy i'm like no i i get why lanny davis goes on tv i get yeah. why david boyce goes on tv um that's part of client representation mm-hmm. it just has to be backed up with like the actual stuff right yeah. like i'm 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 fine for I'm, plug this i'm all about dessert Mm-hmm. As long as there's a meal somewhere coming yeah. to, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and what the Trump lawyers never do, not one of, not one of them that he has employed. What the Trump lawyers never do is come with the stake. They never have mm-hmm. the courtroom. The they never win in the court of law. They're only trying to win in the court of public opinion, and that's where it gets frustrating. I mean, there was a po- there was a story that came out in the Washington Post. I want to say almost a year ago now, um, kind of detailing the fact that Trump more or less is the most defeated president in court in history, Mm. that the executive branch has kind of wide discretion. The courts really do give the executive branch wide discretion on a host of issues. And Trump loses like half the time, which is crazy. He should win 90% of the time. And the reason why he loses half the time is because he makes shoddy, bad, nonsensical legal arguments all the time that the court is just kind of forced to be like, Dude, it's not true. Like, it's <laughs> just you're just, just not true. Yeah. Yep. And that's where we are here. Like, there's no like with the subpoena fight, right? Which yeah, th- let's there, get to that. There's no argument. There's no argument that his people cannot show up for subpoenas. I'm sure your listeners have heard Trump people. I'm sure they've heard their uncle at Thanksgiving who watches Fox News all the time talk about. Well, you know, there's executive privilege. There. Trump has executive privilege. He does not. That is not how executive privilege works. The 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 quickest planer, and you can use this at any. You know, the holidays are coming up. You can. <laughs> (laughs) use this at any Halloween or Thanksgiving party you want to. (laughs) The whole concept of privilege is that you give it up when you disclose it publicly, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever privilege I may have with anybody, the minute I bring a third party into the room, that kills the privilege so for instance people know that there's a spousal privilege right like if i tell my wife i killed that person my wife is not allowed to go into court and say like oh my husband told me he killed or she, that person. or she
0: doesn't have to go in
1: the privilege extends to me i said it to my so i own the privilege i can okay. prevent my wife this is oh. spousal privilege can be controversial for mm-hmm. this reason exactly because it comes out a lot in a kind of domestic violence situations, right? Um, But the privilege attaches to me if I, pillow talk basically is not my wife's uh, right to disclose without my consent or my right to disclose without my wife's consent, right? Got it, yep. But the minute I tell somebody else, Mm -hmm. hey, buddy, I did that. Yeah. Then guess what? My wife can run her mouth as much she wants to. Yeah, I see. The minute she You've tells— already broken the seal. You know, the minute she tells somebody else, yeah. hey, my I did this, then I can tell all her secrets, right? Yeah. The privilege does not survive disclosure to a third party. Got it. The most obvious reason why Trump does not have executive privilege over this whole host of people that he's claiming executive privilege over mm-hmm. is that he keeps bringing in third parties to tell people about the thing that he allegedly has privilege over. Mm. So whatever privilege he might have had to keeping the Ukraine phone call secret, which I think he probably did have, evaporated when he released the transcript or the memo of the transcript of the phone call. That's it. We're done here. No more executive privilege. Bye bye. Right. Bye bye. You released it yourself. Right. Right. He does this all the times. Once he talks to a third party, once he talks to Corey Lewandowski, who is not in the executive branch Mm -hmm. and thus would have no executive privilege whatsoever. Rudolph Once he Giuliani. talks about yeah. it to Lewandowski or he talks about it to Giuliani, then guess what?
0: The privilege evaporates. Yeah. It's gone. It's not a clean room anymore. There's, there's germs.
1: He, he he has no executive privilege argument to stand on to block any of these subpoenas, which then means he has no legal argument to block the subpoenas. There's just There's just none. It doesn't exist. He's making it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what what happens? I mean, I read this, I'm reading this in a annotated Washington Post um, version, and it's filled with all kinds of bold and italicized phrases, uh, which no. are sort of like in t- on Twitter, they would definitely be caps. And a lot of never before in our history, ev- breaking every past precedent. Last, this is a strategy to influence the next election. I spoke to a chess grandmaster once about the difference between park chess and tournament chess because a park chess champion had just become the first ever grandmaster in tournament chess. And... Park chess you probably know this is like a really emotional game played on a short timer where you force errors right in your mm-hmm. opponent so you just meant to menace him into making mistakes and tournament players can lose to park players because they get unbalanced also but if you're cool you know if you're cool and rational you just let that be noise and play the game with long term But I am still, like, legally unsure of myself enough that I get a little bit intimidated by a letter like this. It's just, like, it's so emphatic. But lawyers who are not, and I take it Adam Schiff will not be, ideally Nancy Pelosi, and the others will not be. What do they do with this? Because there's so much, you know, if you have a toddler, uh, you've ever had a toddler, there's so much just like, well, you know, super nanny, tell me what to do since my son will not get off the sidewalk. That's what's happening right now, you know, which is like there's no great parenting technique when your kid is boneless and won't move and has somehow made themselves like, you know, and that's what it feels like with them. They just seem like they won't move.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't think Nancy Pelosi could be intimidated by like General Zod. Right? I think like, you're like, probably I right. I don't yeah. think that has ever happened in her life.
0: Yeah. But no,
1: I mean, one of the issues that I I've, we've talked about before, the congressional subpoena power ends up looking weak. In a situation where the president of the United States violates his oath of office and refuses to play ball, where the attorney general of the United States, who is the chief law enforcement officer in the country, refuses to enforce duly um, executed congressional subpoenas. Mm -hmm. Like when the the AG will not use their enforcement power because the AG basically is the one in control of the police. Mm Mm-hmm. When they won't use their enforcement power to enforce congressional subpoenas, we are in a constitutional crisis. So I have argued that the Congress has inherent subpoena power. That means power that they do not have to uh, cross-check with the AG. Mm -hmm. And under that inherent subpoena power, their contempt power does include the right to jail people Mm -hmm. for a year.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, for up to a year for refusing to comply.
0: Has that ever been done?
1: Um, It is not. Mm-hmm. And the reason why? Well, it hasn't been done without the AG. Like the AG, then mm-hmm. what usually happens? Congress holds them in contempt, and then the AG comes knocking on your door, and be like I think you're going to want to answer the subpoena. Here's some handcuffs. Mm-hmm. You but see now my the friend. The AG is the one. But getting now that the, the AG is is the one th- that's part of the problem.
0: But um, and who also has been held in contempt, right? For different who's also been held in for, contempt. Yes. Who
1: should also recuse himself from this entire thing because right. he's implicated in the scandal, um, in the, the apparent illegality look the Congress- so you have
0: Elena Kagan come down and handcuff him?
1: Well, that's the thing. The, the yes. question I don't think is so much who has the kind of legal power. Do the, does Congress have the legal power to jail Gordon Songland or
0: mm-hmm. or
1: or whoever? Mm-hmm. Um, or Dom again. Mm-hmm. I think they clearly do. The question is who physically? Who physically?
0: That's why I'm talking about this toddler going to- on the street where I'm just like super nanny parenting person from Good Morning America. Come and and actually just pick up my child and then seat belt him in to a seat in the preschool room because I simply can't do this part. And that's what I keep wondering here. When does it come down to ekihomo? These are bodies of people that need to be moved either into the seat in front front of congress where they can blah blah say want to you know answer some questions or they need to be sitting somewhere where they're no longer a danger to justice in this country.
1: So, I think there're two answers. One, the sergeant of arms of the congress. Yep. Now, people know the sergeant of arms of the congress because he's the one who stands up and says, "Mr. Speaker, the president of the United States in front of the the Yeah. I don't know if he can fight. Okay. I don't know if he can fight. But if he has he has the authority, I believe, to jail people who are in contempt of Congress. Oh, I don't know if he can fight who I do know can fight are the Capitol police. Now, Mm -hmm. technically the cap, the DC Capitol police, technically they report to Congress. They do not report to the president technically. Now I don't know how you make this happen, but it's almost like Nancy Pelosi needs to be friend needs to find one sergeant. On the Capitol Police, Mm -hmm. who was willing to get this done, who was willing to show up in a squad car Mm -hmm. to one of these people's houses and jail them. Because here's the thing. If Congress – this is the other kind of aspect of the law here. I'm I'm confident that Congress has the authority to jail them because if they did jail them, if they could physically take custody of them, Mm -hmm. who has the authority to break them out? Like if, 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 if somebody, if, if let's imagine, let's cause Gordon Sunderland is, is the, is the newest one. So let's imagine him. Mm-hmm. I'm really thinking him again Like I think he's the big kahuna, but all right. Um, if Sondland is jailed, is handcuffed to Nancy Pelosi's boudoir, let's mm-hmm. say for instance. Okay. Who has the authority to break into Nancy Pelosi's house and free him? Christopher Ray of the FBI. Right. I don't think so. I don't think legally so. Like at some like and and I hate to be talking about this. I'm not trying to be flip here. No, but this is where we are. We need somebody with actual handcuffs, with actual police authority to act in accordance with the laws of the country as opposed to the corruption of Bill Barr. Yeah. And the only people I can think of that have that could do that right now because we assume that the actual military is under the thumb of Trump. We assume that the actual FBI is under the thumb of, of, of Trump.
0: The the only mar- what about the Supreme Court Marshals? Are they? Are they the Supreme North- Court Marshals, I don't know if they can fight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they can fight. I mean, because I'm what I'm saying is that literally right, somebody has to like go restrained. to his house, yeah.
1: and like grab him. Yes, he might resist.
0: I am just go- I'm, right? I hear you. That's so, why I say the toddler model. The, the
1: the other thing is that with the Supreme Court Marshals, like I don't that would have to be under the authority of Roberts, right? Yeah, which. Is not something we should have to get to yet, right? No. I'm saying under Polo- who does Pelosi have under her direct authority that she can point to and mm-hmm. say, "Go get me that man"? Mm-hmm. And I believe that the cap- if it's not the Sergeant of Arms, yeah. um, then I believe it's it, it's a friendly person on the Capitol Police.
0: It could be the Rock. You know, I mean, that's the kind of well, thing. The Rock. Why was the Rock even put on this planet, except to do good? With I don't his like massive frame. Um, I don't like
1: talking about citizens' arrests because those end up in riots too often. Okay, right? like
0: yeah, right. We don't want brown don't, shirts. So, on so we our don't
1: side. want the we don't yeah. want a citizen, be him the Rock or otherwise, to try to take vigilante matters into their own hands. We don't, hands.
0: but. For optics, what you're proposing is also quite dangerous. The impeachment inquiry up to and including removal has mass public support. But once you start seeing old men in suits hauled off into prison who ought to be, this ought to be, a, we're in a civilized, seemingly civilized society still. I don't know. I think you think people will like it. But let me ask you a question. Is that park chess or tournament chess you're talking about?
1: I think we're in park chess, but I think we're at the point in park chess where the loser has flipped over the table. Mm. So if you play chess, you know that if you knock your king over, yeah. you concede, right? right? Trump has not knocked his king over. He's just flipped over the whole table. Yeah. Right. right. Technically, he's conceded. Technically, ah. he's admitted to the crime in public, right? Technically, he has conceded defeat legally on this issue, but he's just not playing the game anymore, right? Right, And one of the things the Democrats have to stop doing is like in the park chess scenario where the other guy has kicked over the table and, you know, stolen your hat, Mm -hmm. you can't be the guy sitting there saying like, uh, but But your your king you knocked your king over. I win technically. We're beyond that now, right? So the Democrats have to understand they keep trying to fight a person who does not play by the rules with more rules. Yeah. How was that ever going to work?
0: That was actually brilliant because if you've knocked over the whole table, you've also knocked over the king. I mean, <laughs> and, um, and, and, uh, You're yeah.
1: You're a loser. Okay. But like now what? Right. right. So, the, so I think to go back to your, your child screaming analogy, I have a seven year old and a four year old. When I am in the comfort of my own home, mm-hmm. I let them cry it out. Like mm-hmm. a good parent's supposed to, you know, just wait them out. I have more patience than they do technically. Yeah. Right. When I am in public, I leverage my vastly superior physical strength against them. Yes, that's right. Pick them up, carry them kicking and screaming into some kind of secure location Mm -hmm. until they sort their issues out. Yes. Right. And Trump is the guy kicking and screaming. And what we don't know is if the Democrats in Congress have vastly more physical strength we believe they do not we believe yeah. that the democrats are in a situation where where the toddler is kicking and screaming but the toddler is the rock yes and you can't actually you know wrangle him yeah. and so i'm talking about like where's the tranquilizer dart
0: like yeah. where <laughs> where's the 10 guys you know yeah. where,
1: what do you what do you do then
0: we're moving into a very weird and interesting place from the by following the law. I mean, and also, you you know, you say, like, let's think about a drug dealer here. Of course you would go arrest this guy and, like, push him into a paddy wagon. Like, there's no plot that... Proceeds otherwise, like if someone has shown so much contempt for the subpoena process,
1: like I'm thinking in this way. But this is how Trump has always been thinking. Mm-hmm. This is how he's always been operating. Quite frankly, this is how McConnell has always been operating. Like they have been operating with the impunity mm. of knowing that the only way to stop them is to get physical in some way, mm-hmm. right? Is this a, mm-hmm. again a physical arrest, a ph- like a physical destruction of their power? Yeah. They know that absent. That they can play the rules game as you can, they can make the democrats keep playing the rules game as long as they keep ignoring the rules, it doesn't matter, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a we live in a country of raw political power, we don't have. Again, I do not not say this lightly. Right now, we are not living in a nation of laws. We are living in a nation of raw political power. Mm -hmm. Mitch Mm -hmm. McConnell had the raw political power to prevent Barack Obama from seating his Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. Had I been Barack Obama in that situation, had I been Merrick Garland Mm -hmm. in that situation, you know what I would have done? I would tell Merrick Garland, shut up for work on Monday. Yeah. Show up for work on Monday and sit there and decide cases until a cop comes and arrests you. That's what you do because that's how they are acting, right? Yeah, yeah. So that you have to be willing to fight that kind of disregard for law with, I argue, more disregard, right? Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. going to tell me that I can't fulfill my constitutional oath and mm-hmm. appoint a Supreme Court justice. I'm going to tell my Supreme Court justice to sit in his goddamn seat until I tell him to get up. Mm-hmm. Boom, mm-hmm. right? Similarly uh, with with Trump right now, like he is counting on the fact that the Democrats are going to keep trying to follow something that in That is that is in a rules-based world. Mm-hmm. And as long as the Democrats live in a rules-based world, he always wins because he doesn't follow them.
0: Mm-hmm. And not because they're getting flustered by his saber-rattling yeah. or 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 they're paying attention to the polls or whatever, but more... They're not scared of him. They just... Yeah, there's no way. I mean, it's the toddler on the street thing, and there's no way to... I mean, I guess you could wait him out, but this thing needs to move along. One thing that I think is frustrating is... A lot of us who wanted an impeachment investigation a long time ago simply wanted it because it would have, it would seem to compel greater obedience from them. Just putting it under the sign of impeachment, engaging the public in this process. And apparently people, uh, impeachment is a kitchen table issue. People are quite interested. Seven out of 10 people are following it somewhere between moderately and very closely.
1: It is not a coincidence uh, this man, this idiot, this problem yeah. made this phone call this criminal, illegal, mob-like phone call mm-hmm. to President Zelensky of the Ukraine the day after Mueller testified. Oh, that doesn't that's not an accident. Because if you remember the day after Mueller testified, all you saw on the news was like, well, that didn't go well for the Democrats. I mean, sure, Mueller laid out ten Thousand counts of yeah. of problems and obstruction, but ugh, he surely he didn't. He looked a little bit old while he was doing it, right? You saw on TV the entire night. Democrats basically acting like somebody stole their dog. Mm. Oh well, you know we got to keep going forward, I guess. Mm. Like that, mm-hmm. and so Trump heard all that, went around, did a victory lap, had some freaking cheeseburgers from McDonald's, yes. and then the next day he's like, "All right, 2020, let's do it again." Back
0: to criming, yeah, right? Yeah. Like let's
1: commit more crimes because they didn't catch me for the for the previous crimes. Right. The whole point, the reason why people like you and I were saying that we should be impeaching the president since, you know, Democrats took over uh, November 2018 yeah. is exactly because if you do, uh, to use another kid analogy, yeah. if you catch your kid with their hand in the cookie jar yeah. and you say nothing, guess what? Kid's eating the cookie. Yep. That cookie be gone, right? Yep. Like, yep. That's, uh, there's not The kid's not going to, like, reconsider their motives, right? If yeah. you don't say anything, <laughs> yeah. the kid's going to kid, yeah. If you don't stop Trump, the Trump, Trump's going to Trump. Yeah. Now, he might do it even if you try to stop him, yeah. but you have to at least try. You have to make it hard for him, right? M- make him know that there will be whatever consequences we can bring to bear, there will be. And the other thing you have to make him know, and I think that to to talk and then I want to talk a whole about a lot about the presidential campaign, but there are only a few candidates that are promising the kind of continual post-presidency prosecution Hmm. that we absolutely are going to need not just from Trump, but for all of his cronies and criminal friends. And who's that? Kamala Harris. Do you ever see Pulp Fiction? Yes. Kamala Harris is like Marcellus Wallace going after Butch, right? Yeah, She's prepared yes. to scour the earth
0: yes. for Donald Trump. Yes, yes she is. Uh, um,
1: so Kamala's talking about that kind of correctly, I think. I think she's the strongest. Warren has talked about it a little. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of happy. Uh, I She's not where Kamala is, but I've been happy with what she said about it. A lot of the Joe Biden, people to judge people, they're Mm -hmm. just kind of like, oh, you can still see them about to do the Obama thing with George Bush, right? Just though we're not here to talk about the past, we want to move forward. That would be too painful and traumatic. No, screw that. Yeah. Because if you do not stop, if you do not hold these people accountable in office or out of office, then they will just keep doing that again. And I know Republicans are going to, well, it sounds like you're just saying lock up your political enemies. No, I'm not saying lock up my political enemies. I'm saying prosecute crime. Yeah. Prosecute criminals who commit crime in plain sight. Do that, and we don't have to worry about political enemies.
0: <laughs> um, I am so glad you came. Thank you so much for talking about this today. Thanks for having me. My guest today has been Ellie Mistel. He writes for Above the Law. That's it for today's show. What'd you think? Ask us questions, post some ideas of your own on Twitter. I'm at page88. The show is at real Trumpcast. And then join us as a Slate Plus member for a roster of ad-free Slate podcasts, fun perks, and the knowledge that you're seriously supporting everything we do. It's only $35 for the entire first year. That's, that's slotties a day. Go to slate.com slash trumpcast plus. Our show today was produced by Melissa Kaplan and engineered by Merritt Jacob. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast.